showed you a CIA agent, homosexual, Anderson Cooper on CNN. Well, over on the other communist news channel, MSNBC, they have another homosexual, Rachel Maddow. You see, America, you've been homosexualized. You've been Judaized. We've been homosexualized. Swatches, I brought swatches. <laughs> He's right, I just got done sucking 11 dicks. And I couldn't feel more homosexual. This is gayer than eight guys blowing nine guys. Schwammo, <laughs> tis I, the prince of podcasting, the bipolar rock and roller, the sultan of slits, the uh, fest godfather of gash. With episode 174 of Pillow Fort Radio. We've got a big disco ball hanging above the Chuck's dressed like a what a, a leather man. Fog machine a mustache for it. <laughs> got the fog machine going. Everything's going. Everything it's so gay in here. Remember a police academy where they'd walk keep on walking into the blue oyster? As always, I'm joined by former Intercontinental Champion, Sentient Mountain, Vanilla Gorilla, White Samoan, first black man ever to ice skate backwards down the Kanawha River. May saying, how can be a, he could be a Vanilla Gorilla, a White Samoan, and the first black man to ice skate backwards down the Kanawha River? It's called transracialism, folks. It's time to wake up. We're woke here on Pillow Fort Radio. Maybe you should wake up too. Stay woke. Sex That's all Chucky Taylor you. sex over we there. We love Tran- you, Rachel DeLiesel. It's trans species too. Trans species too, yeah, because he's a vanilla Gr- gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's real multicultural over there. I imagine I'm kind of like Skips from regular show. <laughs> I don't know the reference. <laughs> it's like a gorilla, but not, but yeah. Mordecai Rigby. <laughs> and as always, every single episode he's been here ever since the beginning. The <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good one that starts with an R. The Ray the, Lewis. The Ray Lewis. He's not a murderer. He murders that pussy though. Hey! hey! Who's the guy who sang uh, Elvis? Uh, Everything is beautiful. So Elvis and Raise the Ray Stevens of regenerative, of regenerative farming. farming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll accept that. The Bone Cruncher, aka the Dirty Shame, aka um, uh, Juna, aka the People's Pig Farmer. That's old John Morgan. It's good old John Morgan, or bad old John Morgan, Mister Morgan. If you're nasty, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Morgan. Oh, there we go. That's why he always has his leg up. Yeah. That and a distended scrotum. <laughs> it's one of my features. <laughs> it's an attribute. <laughs> it's done on purpose. 
I'm putting Mr. Morgan if you're nasty down just in case, because I like that a lot. <laughs> that could be your next album title. <laughs> Mr. Morgan if you're nasty. <laughs> it's all right. I don't know if it fits with the vibe of my tune. Uh, well, but, you know, yeah. change the fucking vibe, man. It's a good name. <laughs> Write an album based around that name. I could do yeah, that. Yeah, do a whole concept album. Mr. Morgan, if you're nasty, anyway, it's Labor Day. We're here. Uh, we have been homosexualized. This uh, now, this preacher that I was playing, of course, you might not have been able to guess, but he was a preacher, a, a televangelist. And uh, what he's predicting is that Rachel Maddow is going to lead a revolution that's going to overthrow the government within 72 hours. And I, what I want to see is the uniforms. <laughs> Of the, of the revolution that Rachel Maddow leads. I hope they're dressed up like the revolution from Prince. <laughs> they're, dressed like, they're dressed in sensible pantsuits. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want them in blouses. and Oh, like 80s uh, 9 to 5 like blouses? The bum, like the revolution. Like Prince of the Revolution. That was his group. Yeah. Just like 9 to 5 Dolly Parton, baby. No, you're not. That's what I want. That's when she was hottest. When Dolly was hottest? Uh, oh, I think maybe in the 70s. I don't know, man. Mm, she was a smoke show. When was so. Rachel Maddow the hottest? Um, Rachel Maddow was cute. I don't care what anybody says. For a boy. Um, I'm not putting putting her down. I'm just... When was she well, I'm just saying she looks like a I've, I've actually boy. never really watched her show. I don't she's got a lot of charisma. She's got a personality. She's good, she's good on camera. That's mm. why they gave her that job. And she's not bad at her job. Well, no. All you have to do is be good on the camera and read what they write for you. That's fair. <laughs> she makes $30,000 an episode, guess. <laughs> she's the Tommy Lehrer. She doesn't care left. about us. She's, she's a little bit more informed than Tommy Yeah, Lehrer. I was getting ready to say, she's actually read a book. <laughs> a book. Yeah. And it was the Bible. Praise Jesus. Right, folks? That's right. But I want to, I want before we just get into all the other crap, I do want to hear more from this guy. I'm going to just tell you the way it is, okay? This is the way it is. Y- your minds have been captured. You're no longer a Christian nation. Even the Christians don't think like Christians anymore. Right. It's true. You've been Judaized. You've been homosexualized. You've been... Now, Judaized, exactly... Is that the... To be Judaized, are we like just sending soup back all the time because it's too cold or too hot? You're saying women that Ju- named Judy do that? Uh, no, Jews. <laughs> it's, it's either or. It could be both. I imagine a woman with a beehive named Judy, and she's just really shitty in a restaurant. Yeah, it's like it's like a t- two top over here. It's like, yep, you got a Judy. God <laughs> damn it! Fuck. <laughs> Gotta wait on a fucking another Judy. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> Say like Chester. <laughs> I'm just wondering Judy, what it, Judy. How, how's how's the country been Judaized? I don't even think think they even know. Have you? This guy is relatively tame. Have you? Have you heard some of the shit Jim Baker's been throwing out? I love Jim Baker. God, what a Babylonianized. Your minds have Babylonianized. I love. You don't even think a fried Babylonian sandwich? Are you kidding me? (laughs) And so, Rachel Maddow, she was spewing out last night. Yes, she was. She squirted live on air. Calls for revolution. That's exactly right. Calls to remove the president of the United States. That motherfucker. That turtle. She was telling the left. Take a deep breath. We're at that moment. It's coming. We're at that moment. He is going We're to be almost impeached. there. We're going to remove him from the White House. Friend, that, right? I think whether whether he's removed from office or not, he's going to be impeached. Probably the 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 articles of impeachment will be leveled against him. I'm just not sure what on what grounds yet. Because everything that obstruction of justice. Oh, uh, 
Again, I pay zero attention to this. I just know everything that everybody's been convicted of has been stuff that really has nothing to do with him. That well, stuff that he did outside of being a sure. But that I mean, or something that's not an impeachable, again. That's, that's or, a, or something that's not an impeachable offense that might be a misdemeanor or even a felony that's not necessarily impeachable. So he can be arrested for a felony and not be impeached. I don't know the fucking rules. I just he know can that plead down. All I know is that you calm down, Mister. They don't have. <laughs> if, if, I mean, if they had it, why haven't they come out with it already? Is is kind of to build suspense because they don't want to cancel no, it's that building show, a, man. Building a case. I mean, they it, don't want to cancel that show. They're getting too many views. Then the, that's why. That's why they did the fucking building, search for the te- the airplane five years ago for three years straight. Why do you th- Why do you <laughs> think they let? Not one famous person was on that airplane. I'm sorry. <laughs> why do you think they let those mobsters run around and do shit? They're building a case. I don't know. I, I don't know how any of it works. Honestly, I don't either. I've talked to Dad about this kind of thing when we're watching movies like that. It's like, he just did something. Why can't he get him? They're building a case. Once they get uh, finally a case built enough to get everybody is when they do it. The big uh, Rico case. Yes. I think that's what it's called. Because they did that in, uh, I don't know if you've seen Sons of Anarchy. It's a pretty good they, show. They leveled a Rico against him? Oh, yeah. They let him. They had people inside the, the uh, gang, the motorcycle, oh, excuse me, uh, the group of motorcycle enthusiasts. And they they just report on it, report on it. There'd be dudes die. Like their yeah, undercover yeah. dudes would die once they found out about it. And then another woman would come in. And, and I, then they just kept building up and building up and building up. Did you watch all of that? Yeah, it was a great show. I, I watched a few. I really liked it. It's really good. It's like sometimes on that show, there, there was it was like that's about as good as it can get as far as TV goes, right. especially something, something set in modern day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they probably are building something. I don't know. I really don't know. Casey Dahl's character was a big piece of shit, wasn't she? Who? Katie Kay- Seagal's character. She went back and forth, man. She'd do something altruistic, and then she'd turn out to be... It was always in favor of... Well, they obviously killed uh, Ron... What's Clay? His name was Clay on the show. Ron. Uh, Ling- well, Clay and her obviously. Ron Livingston. <laughs> Hellboy. <laughs> they, they obviously. Uh, Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman and her obviously killed uh, Charlie Hunnam's dad. Yes. Yeah, I knew that from, from the get. Yeah, like, yeah so. they lay that out pretty good. Yeah, they they weren't uh, they weren't making any secret of it. It's just the build up that he that he's going to find out. Yeah, you know. So it's um, I respect that. Well, it's based on Hamlet, I think. I think the. Uh, the whole show is based on Hamlet. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You know, the Lion King's based on King Lear. Really? Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever... I've read one Shakespeare play. One. The one you were forced to in high school? No, I read The Tempest because it caught my attention. I think we were, we were forced to read two or three of them. And then they had the regular English translation, so we got to read it that way. Well, let's get into that. Required reading. Is there any validity to it? Should we read those things that they tell us to read? I'm I'm asking John because... You're talking about these works of fiction? Yes, yes. Why the fuck should a work of fiction be fucking mandatory? Isn't that that just indoctrination? You're just indoctrinating people with with this mythos? That, that I, are these I think stories. that's a little strong for something that's... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with reading them or assigning them. But required reading, where like, like the well, part of the, the curriculum, class. yeah, the class. That's part of the curriculum is you have to read Romeo and Juliet or whatever the fuck it is. It's like, shouldn't it just be up to the educator what they read and what they don't read? That's fair. I've had teachers. They we did the required reading, then we would we were allowed to do a book report on whatever the fuck we wanted to. I mean, if you go to school, you're in prison and you're required to do whatever the fuck they say. So it's all fucking required, unless you want to get bad grades or whatever. 
but the, the uh, you know that's an important distinction whether the state is coming in and saying you have to read uh Karl Marx or whatever <laughs> whatever it is. John, could you go sit over there? You're making me very very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> no, you just started yelling. Let's get the umbrage off, off early. <laughs> well, we need a little, you know. It needs, it needs to be. No, I wasn't taking umbrage. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> it's awesome. For I like, for no, like a you, sentence. Because you actually, you absolutely have a great point and you get so... Angry delivering it. I like have to. Because I have to get preemptively defensive. <laughs> angry. Because. <laughs> Angrily. Because people, uh, you know, it triggers people mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so. Well, I mean, I, I, get, I, I don't yeah, give a I, shit. I can, be a little, I can be a little assertive about that, certain topics. But. but I was just saying, what makes the cut? I mean, what? who determines what's a, a, a great work? You know what I mean? Because having read a lot of fiction, the, I would say the best fiction I've ever read is... Uh, Song of Ice and Fire. I thought you were going to say Twilight. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> Fifty <maybe>? Shades of Grey. <laughs> he started out as Twilight fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, that's no bullshit. That's really fucking true. I really I'm need to watch, pie, by the I way. Need, I, I to, feel fucking I need great. to watch those. Other, <laughs> I don't know if you, yeah, you were here because you were playing those other two characters. Uh, whenever the Fifty Shades of Grey movie came out, I watched it and I took comprehensive notes. And that was one of the funniest shows <laughs> we ever did. I was pausing the, sh- the the fucking movie and writing shit down. <laughs> I can imagine your face like, oh, <laughs> I need to watch the other two so I can do that again. Uh, what should be required? I don't know, man. It just depends on the teacher, what what they think should be required, I guess. Well, no, because it's not just that teacher. They 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 get a it's there's a of course a a, a bank of work that they can choose from. Yeah, they're know? not going to pick a Chuck Palahniuk book. They should. They absolutely should. Have you read all this stuff? Spin a yard, and I've, I've read probably sixty percent of it. I've read. Uh, what was your favorite? Let's get into Chuck Palahniuk for a second. My favorite Chuck Palahniuk book. Yes. Um. Rant. Or what was the one that had it was. It was like a writer's retreat, and they all come together, and they all tell their fucked up stories. Haunted? Haunted. It had guts in it, mm-hmm. and uh, that one's fucking disturbing. I actually never read that one. It's fucking good. I read uh, Invisible Monsters, which was... That one's great. Whew, that was a rough one. That one's been optioned for a movie. It's just not been how, made. Well, how would you make it? I don't know. You're going to have a character running around without a jaw. They make I mean, choke. Yeah, that's easy. Choke is easy. It was good, too. It wasn't great. Sam Rockwell played the main character. Right? Yeah. Of course he did. Um... Got him really high. Uh, <laughs> we could totally have somebody running around without a jaw now. Yeah, they can see. Yeah, they can do that. You know what I mean? Now, um, Fight Club, of course, great book. I like the movie um, better. I do too, somewhat. Uh, David Fincher really took that one and made really something out of it. Um, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, if Fight Club was a required reading in schools, you know, how many people would that? A fan of I mean, it's nearly not, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it's, imagine people start thinking for themselves. There's, right? there's all kinds of you know what things in there. I want to have your people. abortion. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been fucked like that since eighth no, grade. It's, it's, yeah, since, since grade, grade school. Since grade school. Any uh, other line, literally. <laughs> well, that line was in the movie. They had to change well, it. It's hilarious. But there's stuff in the book that's just as bad, if not he worse. Told, he told that story on Rogan. That's <laughs> so great. But uh, yeah, but you see what I'm, you know. Uh, I don't think any fiction should be a required reading because, you know, Fight Club really indoctrinates people to think it changed, you know, it changed my thinking as an 18 year old 
mm-hmm. when I watched it. It made me more of a militant revolutionary type. It made me think. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No. But I'm just saying that um, anytime you have a, the state, you know, picking and choosing what kind of fiction people or kids are required to read is going to have a huge influence on a whole population of people. Well, And that, I just don't think that that, you know, I don't even necessarily think literature should be something that's a required thing. I think I think you need to learn how to read well and comprehend well and write well. Mm-hmm. But those things are not synonymous with reading fiction. Because um, fiction is ultimately, it's a subjective thing. It means something different to everybody. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I don't really know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, if I had kids, I probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't teach them fiction. Well, but there's, there are books I think that are legitimate masterpieces that exemplify, I'm glad. exemplify great writing and yeah. storytelling. Uh, Grapes of Wrath, John Steinbeck is a great fucking book. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, even better is of mice and men. Holy fucking shit, that's a good book. Look at the flowers. That's rough. But there's dude. also there's also a lot of great films and there's a lot of great uh, albums that they sure. don't teach in public schools sure. because they don't think it's an it's an art, it's an elective, right? Maybe it's we should broaden our scope about things that you know we teach in schools. For sure. Why not? I mean I mean why why not just have educators who are individualized educator and you can choose which that would make the educated comic which rock class, star. Which class you want your kid to be in? Do you want him to be? And then the, the teacher gets compensated according to the demand for their services. Right. I would and kill it. Kind of straightforward stuff. Yeah, you'd be a great teacher. I mean, for history especially, because I would throw out all the shit everybody or wants writing to or literature or any of that, any of that stuff. Music appreciation, like uh, yeah, but that can't play. You don't but. have a degree in education <laughs> or any, you know, but yet you'd be far more competent than any. Uh, literature or English teacher I ever had. I could teach mm. podcasting by the seat of your pants. I learned more. I learned more from. I've learned more from literature and um, and like expanding my vocabulary by being friends with Bradley than I did from all of my years in public yeah. school. Just by listening to him talk, and you learned how to deal it, with it, mental illness that way too. That made me. That made me more <laughs> verbal. And, and then I completed the class. For that. <laughs> yeah, you're the AP class. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> It's definitely true. <laughs> so, like, instead of, you know, to push this agenda, I'm not trying to get into this, but, you know, instead of having people that are w- willing to become educators because they're, because they, because at such a low pay rate, you know what I mean? Like, all mm-hmm. the things that come with it, it's a ton of work and a ton of schooling to not get paid well in most cases to become a public school educator. Mm-hmm. So what kind of people are we recruiting? You know, who, who does that attract? What kind of, what kind of teachers does that attract? And uh, the ones that either really love it or the ones who, the ones who love, who have a passion for public schools or mm-hmm. they have a passion for authoritarianism or they, or <laughs> have a passion for children or there's a few, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just saying. Well, right. Yeah. They like teaching. They like yeah. working with kids. That doesn't necessarily yield the best, the most competent teachers. If they're not incentivized, if their incentive is a lifelong, a lifetime of drudgery in a public school system where they're underpaid and underappreciated and overworked, who's going to stick with that job? Mom. Well, uh, (laughs) let them do. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, what kind of education is that going to produce? You know what I mean? So. You know, so imagine you, you answer your question. What do I think? <laughs> there's like layers and layers of things beneath that that I would have to get into. To it's like an onion. Figure out, you know, what should kids learn, 
and you know not not all kids not all kids need to ever read a book some people just can just be forced to try to read books and take these tests and get d's and f's and c's and it never benefits them because they're they're it's just not what their their strength is they might be able to weld to you know weld a spoon onto a whatever you know do all yeah. these amazing skills but they not everybody should be forced to study literature some of the some of the like least book smart people i've ever met are magicians with a fucking acetylene torch and a welder Absolutely. well i mean i've got a friend I, my roommate in college um you know he's like i'd say he's borderline genius and that he can remember things and he understands concepts are you talking about chris stockwell no <laughs> and he understands concepts very well and uh, but he's 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 highly intelligent and has this amazing memory and grasp the concepts as well as anybody. But he can't articulate them in a on, in, on a written page. He can't right. write, and he's not great at math. But he's still I would still put him in the genius category because of all the other things that his brain can do. Do I know this person? Is. Yeah, uh, Zach Parcell. I think I know him. You might know. You probably know his brother Matt. I do know Matt. His Matt's little brother Zach. Okay. He was my roommate in my, fr- my freshman year in college. He's really smart. Yeah, um, he is. I'm, I'm, but he can't, he Matt. can't fucking write a he can't fucking write a decent paragraph. He, he just can, can't. He can carry on a wonderful conversation. Yeah, highly intelligent. Yeah, he's a really great and singer. Guy. Is he really? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I barely know the kid. <laughs> but um, there's all kinds of examples. So stirring dancer. <laughs> So, you know, having a required reading is, is just one micro example of a one-size-fits-all education Im- approach. Imagine a system like uh, what HBO does. They find somebody that's doing something cool, and they have a cool idea, and they say, here's money. Like, here's your budget for the entire year and your pay. Teach them whatever the fuck you want, as long as it's in this certain... If you're doing history, as long as it's in this way, figure out a way to make an interesting whatever. If it's music... I don't know. Hire the Beatles to get back together and tell them to come in. Whatever. <laughs> I can imagine how my first day of teaching Roman history would go. Caligula. <laughs> yes, it would. All right. You see this diagram? You know what this is? It's an orgy. That is an orgy. And that over there on the right is a woman fucking a horse. That really happened. That's the emperor's wife, Caligula. Let's get into it. <laughs> Strap in. You guys have to be something. Slips. <laughs> yeah, you better because you better get them signed. Um, yeah, just imagine if they just uh, let you let you go and just, just well, sort of like how you, the art teachers were in high school. They didn't. It was an elective, so nobody gave a fuck. Yeah, they just, them, and it was fun. Oh yeah, you got to do whatever well, you want. You and you, um, you know, it's a scientific thick. That it that you learn the things you learn things that you're genuinely interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn it like exponentially faster if it's something that genuinely interests you. And if it doesn't interest you at all, if it's total bore town for you, no matter how much repetition and shit you do, you're gonna regurgitate until it's over and you'll just remember gonna, it, but you'll never remember how you got it there. It's not gonna actually educate you. So it's it's just a very complicated thing. How do you how do you ed what's what is the generalized way that you educate a human being? I just I think it's an impossible question to answer. That's true. My dad did it with beatings. I think that that's what some kids need. Yeah, that's incentive. <laughs> yeah, it's carrot and stick philosophy. You know, <laughs> more some, stick. Some people think it's a, <laughs> yeah, lots of stick. The, car- the, the carrot is you didn't get beaten today. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you wouldn't pick your own stick. <laughs> that's a pretty sweet carrot. You got hit with a carrot. Too. I didn't get my ass kicked. It's a large carrot. And you got nothing's ever nothing's ever been sweeter than not getting beat up by my father. <laughs> the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the truth, though. Yeah, my, there's a. 
there's an awesome story by my cousin Eric tells about my uncle John. Uncle John was a tough guy. Oh, real tough. A street tough? No, he was. He went to work at the mines when he was. He's from Richwood, and he went to work in the mines. So sorry to hear that. You no. Know, when he was very young, he didn't know how old, remember how old he was, but the coal bucket drug the ground. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So he's that, he put himself through medical school. Oh, Jesus. By going into Vietnam. He told a drill sergeant when the guy spoke up, spoke up in ranks and said, that sounds like piss poor prior planning to me. <laughs> said that and was promoted on the spot <laughs> after he was punched, I'm sure. Um, this is an awesome guy. Got punched in the neck. But he valued education so much because he saw what it had done for him. So my cousin Eric was doing a. I don't know if I should tell this story. Tell the fucking story. Uh, it's he, like, as long as nobody raped nobody anybody. knows. No, no, no. It's nothing like that. Uncle John was a great guy, I man. I don't he think was, anybody that listens to the show knows your cousins. Well, I know, but I just wouldn't want to tell something that they that they weren't wouldn't approve of. You know, well, that's that's on you. Anyway, you've already started it. He was having Eric do commas, <laughs> and we always laugh because he was like, not big enough, not big enough, <laughs> and Eric just went crazy and went down the whole paper. My Uncle John cuffed him. <laughs> just like a nice little slap upside the yeah, head. I mean, just a, a gentle. You know, he didn't really hit him hard, but he just, you know, he, like, what are you doing? Um, but I just thought the funnier part of the story was Eric just got sick of it. <laughs> made a big old comma. Yeah, went down half the paper. A little bit of Grateful Dead. You said you had an Uncle John, so I'm playing a little bit of Uncle John's band here on WPFR. You know, some of the Grateful Dead stuff I really like, but I don't think I'd be able to handle all the live stuff where every song's 47 hours long. Jesus Christ. But I like this. This is nice. This is nice. Dig that crunchy groove. Never got into the dead. I don't like them. I mean, I, I like don't Shades really, of Grey. It's I'm sure that there are songs. Touch of Grey. I'm sure Definitely. they have songs that if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, this is the Grateful Dead. Okay. But I don't. I like that. Yeah, this is like, I, I got their greatest hits off of uh, BMG. Yeah. Um, Columbia House, whichever one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sign Baxter up for it? No, I signed my dog Muffin up for it. Thank you. But, uh, and I just got their, great, their greatest hits. I didn't know, like, the whole thing like about them I just saw kids wearing Grateful Dead shirts at school and they didn't know about it either let's be honest because yeah, they were sure, just trying yeah. to be cool mm-hmm. and I, I did the, that for a while with Misfits t-shirts I got the, the CD and I liked like the recordings of the songs and and then like somebody had like a bootleg of them live and I was like oh I'll listen to this tape and I was like oh no I don't want to listen to this tape I put it in my car on the way never mind fuck this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> and somebody said hey, have you heard Fish I'm like no I'm like, they're a lot like the Grateful Dead I'm like no thank you maybe I'll listen to their studio stuff I don't know I don't need any of that <laughs> that rambly noodly masturbation music I like jamming but like to do it in front of people well, and getting paid they include some people include Dave Matthews in that I don't I don't think that's fair well his when he does stuff live he'll he'll do extended versions that are jammy and let the and let let the the black musicians in his band do the <laughs> do the soloing and stuff like the, you know like the, the, the like the black fiddle player that he had he's then, really good too not really he's, is he not he's really not that good I've liked what I'm mean, he's better oh, I'm than not, me I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's he sucks I'm just saying that He's not like a technically he's not proficient. Ma. You know, he's 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 not a Joe Satriani of the violin. Like he can make sounds come out and make it fit with the he's music. He's no Yngwie he, he plays his role in the band well, but he's, he's not no John Tesh. Yeah, but he's not John Tesh. That's a really good musician. Great. <laughs> I mean, he's no Tony Danza. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, Angela, Samantha, <laughs> Mona. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, God damn it. My first crush was Alyssa Milano in that show. Oh, yes, of course. God damn. She's still just an absolute fucking heater. My taste was still much as it is today. I think my first. You were more into Nell Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Um, Jack A. <laughs> I, Mary, I was really, Jack A was a brick shit house, buddy. She was a brick. Shit I house. had sexual, like really se- sexual, prolific thoughts, like from a really early age. I had some like action figures that were females, and some they'd have like little boobies or whatever. And I had this one like off-brand set of ninja action figures, Love and there it. was a female one, and she was anatomically correct. I mean, she didn't. She didn't have a, a slit or whatever, but she had you know uh, she it, had nipples, a gash, and she had actual clothes, so you could actually take their their gi off and their clothes. And I would like have them do sixty nine and stuff. I I knew about sixty. Well, I figured out what sixty nine was long before I was ever exposed to it. There is no part of the story I don't like. I love every bit. And of I, it. Yeah, they were eating <laughs> pussy. They were sucking whatever. The dick that wasn't there was getting that kung fu grip was working overtime. <laughs> they, they were they were doggy styling sixty nine in it. Pile drivers. I used to have this fantasy. I remember being five or six years old and being like really like sexually turned on and being in my bed and fantasizing about a girl sharing a a pair of underwear with a girl at the same time. So we're both wearing the same set of underwear. It it was a big thing. Like, like, you know, I put my legs in and then you put your legs in facing me. So we're like held together by the underwear. Mm -hmm. That was like a big turn on for me when I was like five, six years old. And that's why you can't go within 500 feet of a grade school. Neat. No, yeah, but I was, uh, I forget what brought us to this. Um, you, you were saying, you talk were stuff that we, we talked about, like, uh, when we were kids, like, Alyssa Milano, he oh, yeah. Carter. Yeah, and then, so, and so I was, I was into, I was sexually turned on by women in movies and stuff from a really early age, so I can't remember the early ones, but the one that sticks out of my mind, I was like, it wasn't even sexual, it was almost like, this woman is a god, it was Winona. Winona Ryder's character in Edward Scissorhands. I was so hoping you were going to say Winona Judd. <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, Winona Ryder's character in Edward Scissorhands, for some reason, for oh, me, yeah. was like... Winona Ryder still gets... She can still get it. She is uh, um, still gorgeous. I always liked the mature... Like I remember... There was a movie, uh, Real Genius. Yeah. And there was this one... Patty Darbinville plays her. She was actually in the in the uh, in the Sopranos. Played this mob boss who's a woman who had fucking giant set of cans. They weren't giant, but they were just really nice. But she has this thing where she has a square jaw and green eyes. That real that's that's almost a thing, you know. And I was so fucking turned on by her. Like, you know, I've always been attracted to that. Like a more uh, like the throaty voice and a, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, more built, you know, just. The, the, a more powerful nurturer, in a sense, yes, like Earth Mother type deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I get down with that. Yeah, um, she was. I'm trying to remember all the ones I liked. God, I've, I must have been 11 or 12 um, during the summertime. If it was raining, we had to be inside. Well, we didn't have to be, but we would just be inside, of course, and we'd have it on. Uh, the country music channel all the time, whatever it was at the time, TNN. And uh, there was one video that would come on, and as soon as, as soon as it did one shot, I had to go jerk off. There was like one specific shot. It's Susie Boggus Drive South, <laughs> but she was hot, especially mid nineties, early nineties hot. Look at her in that skirt. I was in. But there was there was one shot from the side, and I remember this very vividly because every time the video would come on and she'd go to the side, mm-hmm. 
that showed a little bit of the cleave. I had to go beat the meat from from some like clothing, just, 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 just right from her, the way she's dressed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then imagine yeah, being on a school bus or whatever in class, and you're surrounded by all these, you know, beautiful girls your age. And they're sprouting and and like smell them. Yeah, it's like you just get really good at hiding erections. Yeah, it's just torture, really. <laughs> I'm trying to find a good picture of Patty Darbin. You think it's you think it's uh, torture for girls too? In a different way, I'm sure. It's a different thing. You mean sexually, like yeah. sexual frustration? Yeah, like they want to bang it out too, but most of them, I don't think so. I think that they, I think they don't know what they want until. Until high school, of course. They, yeah. Until like they really start getting thirteen, they start fourteen, they chucking start, it around. Then they start getting actually horny. Yeah. I remember uh, a girl I dated. She would. Hey there. Yeah. Okay, right. I spelled it wrong. I was trying to. Find, it was P P A T T I. Um. The girl I dated would uh, hump her pillow. This is. And that would. Uh, that would uh, get her going. Yeah, uh, she tried to do it with me when we were on the phone, and I'm like, "This is weird." I mean, I remember because my dad could pick up. <laughs> I remember doing sex stuff with a girl, not actual penetration or anything, and it was like with with cloth, well, you know, with the sheet over top, but like like putting my mouth to a girl's vagina, like with the sheet over it, like kissing it, like real quick, and then giggling, mm-hmm. like at like five years old. Not like we had sex or there's anything. No, there's just kids doing kids playing doctor and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, I, be I was into it. And, and and the thing is, like, with I always go back to <laughs> comparing hum, humans to farm animals because that's what I'm, where my brain is. But like a young, like a two month old goat, their balls get huge really fast. Can can impregnate its mother at two months old. Oh my god! Now the females take a much longer time before their parts are ready to to uh, to conceive for the ripe. Now, so but the interesting thing is, women mature faster than men in terms of at sixteen, eighteen, they're fully grown, and their brains are m- more fully developed earlier on than men. Men's brains continue to grow, their bodies continue to grow sometimes in their twenties. But we're sexually ready to start procreating, you know, at like twelve or thirteen. A lot yeah, of us, eleven sometimes. Yeah, bef- before I think, and I guess back in the day, you know, there were w- women having babies at twelve and thirteen years old, being married. Well, I remember. Uh, my dad What's that look? <laughs> Still Remember, having a dad Remembering your dad? Still having a dad It's pretty great huh. No, uh, How he, he, do I <laughs> Cats in the cradle <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, he had made the mistake of You know, leaving his porno mags accessible and I was obsessed with it. Like I would every time they left the house, I'd run in there checking them out. I didn't, wasn't jerking off or anything yet, but I remember you would just fold being, the magazine thrilled. The, the feeling, like you know, like I, it felt like I had to pee. Like I was like, I, yeah, so, you know. <laughs> and then my my grandfather had one at the house in Golly Bridge underneath the bed, and I got caught with it one time. That was that's always the worst. I got caught. I got caught um, xeroxing a Playboy. My mom walked in. Like they had a Playboy, and I went and got it and was xeroxing it so I could have my own pages. <laughs> and she walked. Did you go hide it in the woods somewhere? No, she fucking <laughs> shamed me. She she made it worse. She was like, "Finish. Go ahead and finish what you're. You know, finish xeroxing. Is that the babe there? Okay." 
See, that's but uh, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. No. That's just bullshit. It's like, yeah. It's, it's time like, to take John's mom to task. No, I'm not talking to you about your mom. I'm just well, saying. We all make society, mistakes. You know, yeah. I'm saying. I mean, everybody makes mistakes as a parent. And right, right. One that she did. Right. I mean, but whatever. I was never. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that I was caught jerking it. Like, I would just stop just in time when the door opened, but everybody knew what was going on. But I was never made. It was never brought up. Hey, dinner's ready, bud. Here's one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing in there? Uh, uh, here's one. Uh, mom and her friend used to go up to the school and exercise and, and do schoolwork, and they would take videotapes with them. Well, I didn't so discreetly include the pornos in some of the, <laughs> some of the videos they took up there, <laughs> and they turned it on. And mom laughed and said, uh, I think we took one of your movies up here. Mom was cool. She was cool with that. She's like, you're curious about sex. It's fine. I and don't, she didn't, you know. there was no shame no. Or, or guilt associated with None that. whatsoever. She, she laughed. That could really I felt ashamed because I was embarrassed. And she's like, honey, it's okay. Don't be embarrassed. I understand. Just hide a little bit better next well, time. Well, there's, right? <laughs> there's this. Okay, bud. There's this documentary. Here, have, have some pudding. About that porn star, Rocco. Rocco Zafredi? Yeah, there's a, there's a documentary on have Netflix. Have you ever watched any of his stuff? Yeah. And, he's a rough one. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, it's like he's—it's it's almost abuse. He's choky, and yeah, but he when I mean, he makes sure the women know what's up and consents. But it's—it's—I it's, it's, don't like it. But his it go the documentary goes into it's like well he was like there was this incidence with his mother that like scarred him and sh- you know, like shamed him, mm-hmm. and like it just it sort of makes clear like like all of his issues his sex addiction is rooted in that shame. Culture that he was sure. <laughs> sort of abused by because he was probably Catholic too because he's Italian. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. He looks all. terrible too. You notice that? I haven't seen him. He looks sick. But, I mean, yeah, that 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 can really do damage to a, a person. What sexual addiction? No, just or being just like the, being like shamed early. The first on. time you get caught, like if the first time I got caught jerking off, if it was, not, a se- big deal was made about it, it could it could have fucked me like ever. Like sex, like sex and shame. I mean, it's a fetish, and it's if you have that, that's normal for you. Mm-hmm. But it's not healthy for your intimate relationships to be based on things like fear, guilt, shame. It, you're not supposed to have these negative emotions t- tied to it. It's like you know, in the savannah, as as like naked Homo sapien, you know, tribes people. It, you know, it was just you're either you know, it was just part of life. You just have sex in front of other people. There was no shame. You understand? Yeah, that's a real Judeo Christian. Even in uh, Game of Thrones, they were talking about. They were describing the wedding um, when Daenerys wed Drogo, and they were talking about how the Dothraki would just fuck each other right in front of everybody, and, and how that was looked down upon by people from Westeros, like they're beasts. They they couple like the beasts in the field. Like they're they are the beasts in the field. There's no difference. What's, you know? the, what's awesome about the the Dothraki is like they were all just absolutely gorgeous. Every single one of them was just uh, beautiful. Yeah, mostly. I mean, their faces might not all been great, right, but body-wise, they were body. And they drew, I like that they drew them for, from different different groups. Like, uh, you had a couple that were, like, Mongolian-looking in nature, especially called Rogo. And then you had a guy that was, uh, a couple of women that were virtually black. And then you had... Because, you know, the, the Dothraki... It, live in such a large region that there's going to be ethnic variations. Well, not only that, but all the raping. So, you know, you're going to you're gonna take a woman and rape you know her from another culture. That should really be the title of the episode, but I just can't do it. All, all the raping. All the raping. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit rough even for us. <laughs> no, but I, I, I did. I've done that before. Like Rape God, John. <laughs> no, um, you're talking about Dothrock, you know, having sex in front of other people like it's you know, normal. I did that at a party one time. I just, I, like... 
like they were like snorting Adderall and all. There's all kinds of just drinking. What the hell kind of party are you going to? College, neat Morgantown. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's like snorting Adderall and like just really just kind of out of it, but in a good mood. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was a very pleasant experience. I don't remember most of it. I wound up just like having sex with my friend, like in front of like a room full of people, and like we just started having sex, and people just walked out. <laughs> And like my friend came and was like he was like like getting in there and inspecting. He's like, oh yeah, get it. <laughs> I didn't get. I did not give a fuck. I was just like, yeah, this is normal. We want to fuck right now. I uh, was at a fraternity party. I want to fuck right now. And, my uh, name's John, and I came to get. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Um, I was. For, I will forever be known at uh, among the fighters for the guy that being during a party took a girl upstairs and fucked her head through a couch. <laughs> How has this never come up? Fucked her head through the end of a couch. Literally, the, the arm of the couch broke off. I'm sitting there the next day, drunk as shit, of course, and uh, Penguin, my, my, uh, Leonard Cumbridge, he was a, he's one of my fraternity brothers, sitting there smoking a cigarette. He's just looking at us. <laughs> so... What's up? <laughs> like, Similar story. I will be forever known uh, as the guy that fucked the couch at uh, the uh, at my old house there on College Avenue. Just went to town on the couch. It looked good to me. The did folds. you did you put did you use like a sandwich bag to put in between the cushions with some there Vaseline was, in it? No, there was that type of significant thing? carpet burn. Oh man. Chafing. It was a denim scarred. couch. It's scarred now. Now it's ribbed for her pleasure. I can, barely, <laughs> I, I can barely feel anything. Haven't come in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> Stories are fun, right? We have fun. They are. We have fun. We have a good time. <laughs> Sex. Sex stuff. Um. Yeah, the, the, just the, the overwhelming urge whenever I was 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. But not n- knowing that you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, knowing you can't force anybody. Well, I remember the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. Jer- jerked it. Mm-hmm. Describe in almost horrid detail. Do you really want to know this? <laughs> of Why course not? I want to know this. Hold on a second. Let me find the perfect music. <laughs> Excuse me. Masturbation. <laughs> Masturbation. What's that? The, right, the rites of spring. Is that R-I-T-E-S? Yes, it is. I think that's what that's called. How about baby elephant walk? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be almost too funny. The chicken dance. <laughs> we are strongly anti-pedophilia. Yeah, strongly. The strongest. This might be a different. This is Rites of Spring. It's a punk band. That's not Vivaldi. Maybe I just. Uh... Is that Vivaldi? That piece. Who cares? I think it is. And just, I don't know. Yep, just start talking. Is. You got it? I'm turning you back up, man. Who? It's dead air time. It's dead air time. Dead air! Enjoying any large or extra large coffee for your chance at millions of prizes. Jesus Christ. Oh, this story's getting way uh... <laughs> Yeah, there it is. Class. Class all the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew it felt good, but I hadn't done it yet because, quite frankly, I was. I'd heard what happened and I didn't know if I wanted to be a part of that. It sounded kind of gross. So I would. 
almost get it done and then back off. And I did that like 50 times. Edging? Yes. You were edging? I was edging as, you know, how old was I? 11 or something. Wow. I used to do that too. And I finally did that. And fucking Peter North himself couldn't have shot a better load. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was fucking nuts. Peter Scared North the shit out of legendary me. loads. I mean, it was like... I mean... So how long did you go at this, your first shot? Uh... Well, the first time took about two hours. Oh, man. That is some high-quality edging. Um, the first time you ejaculated? Yes. Yeah. He ejaculated for two hours straight. Huh. Like a damn fire hose. Interesting. <laughs> um, that's because I just didn't finish. I wasn't, you know, I, I would get nervous that it was going to. And finally, it just happened. And I was just like, I freaked out, kind of. Did you think you hurt, you hurt something? No. I just thought, this is gross, and only gross people do this. Oh, so you shamed yourself a little bit. Yes. Um, because I thought, I, I don't, I thought I wanna, this is awesome, and only awesome people do this. <laughs> well, and then I and then I kept doing it, and the more I did it, the more embarrassed I got about it. And uh, that's a that's a touchy subject because everybody does it, but if it's if, if it's revealed that you do it, then you're a pervert. Isn't that the stupid? You remember thing? that? Like when, when, when G- we were kids, at least it was. There's a lot of shame and weirdness around. Yeah. yeah. It. That guy jerks off. You remember, like junior high was like they're like I'd never jerk off. I only fuck chicks. Like I would, and then then <laughs> then once you get to like sixteen, it's like, dude, I jerked off so hard last night. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, it's actually a practical discussion. <laughs> yeah, what did you use? Like, have you ever had blood come out with your semen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know about that, Bob. That doesn't sound good. It's water cooler discussion. <laughs> Eventually, it's just like you're getting ready for football practice. You're strapping everything on. Like, yeah, let's go. Dude, have you ever uh, used your other hand to... The strange? Not, yeah. Dude, uh, the, the righty's not so good. We didn't have a, a name for it back then before Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever just, like, say your right hand? Have you ever just used your left hand, Adam? Like, who yeah. you're talking to? <laughs> <laughs> like, we would, like, talk about it as though we were, like, discussing... New blocking techniques on the offensive line. <laughs> it kind of work, <laughs> sort of. Um, this also calls into mind a story that I've told before, and this is true. Um, it's also true. <laughs> when I first got sober, I didn't have anything to help ease that. Mm-hmm. So what I had was masturbation, and. There was a, a point where, not often, but sometimes I would crack out, crack out six a day. Wow, that's like a record for me. Whenever I was a kid, well, I still to this day am still that way. Like I've had, yeah, I mean, I can, I've gone the most I've gone in sex with somebody else is I, I've gone five times, you know, and that's just. I don't know if that's because I did when I was younger or whatever. It's just, a, I, I suppose, a unique talent, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> no, and I don't want to sound egotistical. I'm just saying that's just how it goes. But um, it might have been six, five or six times. But What was his name? <laughs> Charlie. The Chuck to Chuck connection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, fuck Chuck. Um, I never call you butt fuck Chuck. I'm not going it's to. Not, it's not good. It's played out by now. Anyway, um, I was telling my buddy that, like, 
as a real like story from getting sober and it's it was it was told somewhat funny but also somewhat as pathos like man this you know it's rough when you're getting you know i had to do this and that's all you've got that's the only avenue of relaxation yeah the only avenue of relaxation and release you have and then somebody overheard me some jerk off overheard me in the <laughs> we're naming names now on here i've got a whole thing i'm going to go this off asshole on. named tony i worked with at hooters he was he was he was a black kid he was a fucking racist i mean racist down the fucking line jerk off i can't stand that fucking guy still to this day i mean he's just you want to find him he, he actually put up him? he put up something on facebook one time about how you know Fuck the soldiers Even in World War II They never did anything for me I was like Fuck you He's, He put that on Veterans Day You know what I mean And um, You guys got some stones on him uh, Yeah but No not really He's He was just that bit Not much of a prick And you know Anyway He's Trying to go viral He told everybody In the store He overheard and told everybody So I came in And everybody's giggling Looking at me and stuff And I was like What is going on That, here? You, you, know? that you had sex six times In one day one time No, no that no. I jerked off six that times he, That he oh. Yeah That is yeah, that the sobriety was leading. See, to that's what's the difference is. If it had been with a partner, I'm a stud. Because I'm by myself, I'm a pervert. I still find it pretty impressive. I couldn't. I think the most I've gone recently is two or three. Well, and that's and that's that's just that's how I've always done. And you know, there's I've, all kinds of people that are just just do that almost every day. Mm-hmm. It's it's totally within. I don't. I, believe me, I've done my share, and sometimes you know I'm too tired anymore. Usually, if I go and work out really hard, it's always if you do deadlifts. You almost have to yeah, whenever you're done. Deadlifting and squatting re- releases so much fucking uh, HGH and everything. But anyway, and I have never forgiven him or even a, a couple of people who I thought were friends after because they were teasing me and laughing about it. And I looked at one of them, my friend Leanna, and I said, I said. That is a story I told. I was really pissed. I was like, that is a story I told about my opening days of sobriety where it's the only thing keeping me fucking sane. It's like, and you're, and all these other fucking jerk offs are left about it. Fuck you. And it was just, that is just a shitty thing to do yeah, to somebody. It's unbelievably shitty. Yeah. And, uh, and this one girl, Candace, came up to the thing and she was laughing at me and I, and, and I flipped out on her too. I was like, I was like, I know what you're fucking laughing at. I said, but you have no context for that. So fuck you too. And it became a thing. I was, I got so hurt and enraged and I thought my friend had told my other friend had told and he was mad on my behalf and really he wasn't hurt when I asked him he's like I can see how you think I would do that but I didn't man he's just like and that's bullshit it's one thing if it's in a closed like if you're telling us about it mm-hmm. and it would and uh we're just making fun of it yeah because we're all buddies. i can handle so, that you know but like oh but just whisper the whisper campaign behind your back yeah something that was like you're you're sharing like an ex, like an experience you're having where you're climbing this mountain mm-hmm. and you're trying to you know what i mean with sobriety and you're trying you know and here's some of the trials and tribulations i'm facing is yeah that, that without the drinking now i feel like you know, all these, my brain is changing and it's right. difficult. And it's like a moment of vulnerability. Exactly. And yeah. people just capitalize on it. They just, they fucking smell blood and they just, it's just, it's, it's because I wasn't liked because the girls were, uh, they wanted to do things a certain way. And I, every job I do, what, the way I used to be It's a restaurant You know what I should have done Said fuck this place I don't give a shit about this place <laughs> Peace You do here. whatever the fuck you want Put no, everybody I'm, I'm talking, in the torture rack no, <laughs> I'm talking about I should have just ran the, Because I got no respect From the management Or from yeah, anybody get no respect around here huh? So I should have just ran it The way the girls wanted to be run By giving shit away And all that stuff And I was just like You have to ring that up That's the way we do things You know Thinking Trying to be a good employee Didn't really fucking matter But for that But for that I was hated And I would get pissed off When they were Continually do these things So I don't blame you 
Yeah, but that's shitty fucking going. Uh. Yeah, man, it was bad. It was, people, it, was, it, was it was it was my one of my worst days. Like I, because I had to walk around. I quit shortly thereafter, but not for that. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to make him make me leave doing that, you know. But I it definitely started me out the door, and um, that guy, that Tony guy. There is no more lurid example of somebody who he he hated white people and it was but he but he had but he dated exclusively white women and he you know and I'm not saying that's there's nothing wrong with that there isn't anything wrong with it but when you're that much of an asshole and you hate a group of people but then you just decide to have sex with people from that group almost only almost out of spite it was really out of spite. Guys, a, he's a, he's a fucking douchebag, and every like Frampton knows him. Frampton hates him. Like he's Frampton likes everybody. Yeah, he really does. Except and for me, <laughs> we, you have a, we have a him. You banned him. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, my broadcast partner, international <laughs> combat sports. Um, i couple good umbrages here. I like it. My kratom's kicking in. It made me a little bit dizzy. I think it took a little too much. I like it. Um, it's what I wanted. You like being dizzy? Sometimes. Do you get the weak feeling in the back of your legs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, isn't that... It's kind of... The first way we got high when we were kids was spinning around in the yeah. yard until we fell down. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and then you'd lay down and everything would just keep spinning. And yeah. You'd vomit and you'd get up and do it again. Yeah, it's great. Um, umbrage. Uh, we don't... You, we can... We can just continue talking. I was just... You were taking umbrage with the guy. I just pulled up... Well, no, umbrage. I mean, I, I take umbrage... With people, okay. There was him, and then there another better story because this one turned out better. Was my friend Perez, who I worked with at Chili's, uh, out back. I mean, and he was racist too, and he would say shit about white people and stuff. And finally, I had come in. I just had my fucking fill, and we had. Kind of started being friends, and I, I even had taken him to the gym a couple of times. And you know, thereafter, he gave me a little bit more respect because he saw how much stronger I was than him. You know, and um, he said that I said, "Buddy," I was just like, "Well, for one thing, which group of white people might you be referring to?" Because he's talking about how we get everything. I was like, "You are in a state full of white people that have been treated as bad as any." You know, you, you don't. You don't understand. Why don't you try to look behind something before you start running your mouth about nonsense? I said, it's prejudice in any way you shake it, and it's not cool. Shut the fuck up. And he, we started kind of jawing back and forth. And then finally, he actually came to me and said, you know, man, you're right, and I'm sorry. You know, we were friends thereafter, you know, pretty good friends, actually. And, um, but with any group of people who are, say, a minority or oppressed or something, you're going to have those who, understandably, I guess, are resentful and, and all that shit. But then there's the ones who they don't, they just want to be a, a jerk off, and that's an avenue. You know, it's like so. They're not really offended about it at all because it really didn't affect them on a daily basis. But that's just their means to be a prick. That was that Tony guy. Right on. So, um, you know. I've met a couple of those uh, down south. I met, met a well. I mean, he couple the the way that he exploited your story like that mm-hmm. is a, is a sort of a symbol that uh, signal that maybe he's a bit of an opportunist. There's that, and he also yeah. uh, 
that the worst part about that was is that we we would actually talk about music and stuff sometimes, and I thought he was actually a cool person. He was a snake. He just the, the second he got something on me, he had to go run and tell everybody. I was just like, that's I like that's fucked up, man. That's really fucked up what you did to me, you know. So there's that. I I, I believe everybody talks behind everybody's back sooner or later. That's just the way people are. But. <laughs> Once you reach a point, man, and you know how bad it is, just try to try not to do it. You know, it's. I mean, it's like us when I talk to other people about you or John. I, I don't ever have anything bad to say, ever. And that's that's God. How, how, how could you possibly have anything bad to say about me? <laughs> I mean, that, but that's the honest truth. Like people ask, yeah, well, how's Dutch? I was like, he's good. You know, we do the show and, you know, say he's funny. He's, you know, we have a great time and all this stuff. I said, John has his farm and he's a brilliant dude. That's the stuff I say. That's not me. Far. That's not me. Huh? It's going a little far. <laughs> but that's not me kissing your ass. That's because I honestly, that's what I honestly feel about you. Why would I say something bad? The only thing I would say that's bad, it's not even bad, is the fact is like when we talk about discussion, like me and John get in discussions and they're good discussions. And they can get somewhat heated at points, but that's a good thing. And that you see what I'm saying? You have to be able to do that. Yes, that's that's the that's the biggest problem in our country right now is that people don't know how to do that. Right? How to have a real cordial substantive discussion where you're not attacking each other. You're Mm -hmm. talking about the idea. If if this show uh, took off and like shitloads of people listened to it, every time we put out an episode, there would be something people were mad about. Absolutely. But since only might get me fired, only five hundred thousand people listen to it a week. <laughs> there are people though that I think are loathsome people that I will say something about behind their back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all do that, but you would also say it to their face a bit. Yes, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I might, do is- might, maybe in a slightly nicer way, but just not hey fuck you and you know, make it a scene. But just being like, hey man, you know th- this is pointless. I don't know why you do that shit. You know stuff like that. I mean, my thing is, if if I have a beef with somebody or, or really dislike somebody, it's not something that I broadcast. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't make it public. I mean, it's not that I'm trying to hide anything, but it, it might be a thing like where we have this thing, this this person that we mutually kind of like <laughs> to make fun of, and so it's just like a little private joke. But yes. we don't try to humiliate the person publicly about it. And we, don't, and we don't gossip about. And we it. don't want anything bad to actually happen to this person. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we're, we're not gossiping and slandering and doing that sort we're of. We're making thing. we're making in, little inside jokes. Little inside other. jokes at, right. at this person's expense. It's, and I, and I like that. Yeah. It, like with us, I know that we tease each other, and that's. Good, you know. I have to be honest though. When I first started doing the show and we first started hanging out, I didn't know how to take it all the time. If, I know you if you if you can remember, that's why you, uh, earlier I went a little bit harder on you. So you so you so uh, toughen up to it eventually. Yeah, yeah, you have to. And I and it doesn't. I doesn't. I don't bat an eye anymore. You know. And it's people are thin skinned. I was. Yeah, you got to be able to take a beating. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up with uh, two older brothers, two older sisters. A dad that was always cracking wise. <laughs> just all of it, all the time. All my older brother's friends. Well, like, mom, it, me and mom were talking about this a little while ago. And she raised us with good morals and good, um, an idea of fair play. She shouldn't have done that. <laughs> she really shouldn't have done that. No. I mean, because 
me and my brothers and my cousins for, for, for years now, if you've noticed, play by a set of rules that nobody else plays by. And then we get upset when they break the rules, even though they don't even know about the rules. You know, I'm trying to break myself of that. And I think it does impart something to me and Bradley and, and Ben that we do have that. It's not a naivete. It's more of a, how would you describe it? You see it? the best in. Well, yeah, we try to see the best in people and we try to be, and we're, and we're genuine people, you know, but it does bite us sometimes, you know, it does, it does get us sometimes. I mean, we've all made that, made that same point. Me and my, and my brothers and my cousins. Well, not Todd. Todd is, Todd learned early on. Todd. <laughs> Todd. Todd's awesome. He's the one who threw up the fucking. The bar computers and shit. That's great. That's a bad I know great. That story. It's such an awesome story. Um, but Eric and 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 me especially, we I think we got the worst because we really believed that people are going to try to be good, and they're not. They're not going to try to be good. Not oftentimes. Your friends will. Like I, I don't have any fear that you guys would fuck me over. I don't. But that circle is small, you know, and that's it's not even the size of a of a butthole. I would never fuck you guys over. I would never fuck I my friends, even if they're friends that are like have I've fallen out with or something, there are still things I just won't do. Like okay, here's one. If you are ever really into a girl or you're married to her or whatever, she's off limits forever. Forever. Unless you get a, an express <laughs> What? <laughs> Nothing. No, I'm I've just, broken this rule. So many times. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, to me, like, I, yeah, I get it. I, I would ask your permission. I would, you know, make sure it's okay. And if it's an ex-wife or a long-term girlfriend, no, she's off limits forever. You know, I just, I won't do that. I would feel strange, even if it's okay by other parties. I would still feel odd about. You it. have so all these, you have all these moral and ethical laws that govern you that other people don't play by. That's fair. It gives, yeah. you, it gives you an unfair, it kind of, kind of handicaps you in some ways. It does a lot. I've so. got, I've had, I mean, I had the same issue. Mm-hmm. I've gotten over it a lot as I've just life has kind of like chiseled away at me, and now I just. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm much more self interested than I was as a younger man. It all really just depends on how good of a friends I am with the friend I am with the guy. To be quite honest, I did, but I I tell you, I did break the rule when I was drinking. That's mostly when I broke the rule. I'm talking about during that period, not that I was drunk. Of course, a few times I was drunk. There was somebody I got with, and they were married, and I remembered him from a, and we were never friends. He was older, and it caused a big thing, and I still. Feel bad about it You know It's been Fucking I don't know uh, Well over a decade You know And I still We even talked about it And I Made such An impassioned Apology I was like I am so Cosmically sorry That this happened I was messed up I had a crush on this woman For years It just I was drunk I just didn't know And I was a different person then Like way different I snuck this woman into my parents' house when they were there and <laughs> had sex with her in the bathroom. I love it. That that no, that was a, that's a horrible memory. But I was just so ruled by when drinking ruled by my lust that I just I just did it. So I shouldn't feel horrible about it. It's a thing that happened. Can't change it now. I I would I'm overstating. I don't feel horrible about it. I it, it is just 
I feel like I'm not that person anymore. I'm a different person. Like I've so radically changed how I feel and how, and that's again, not also a good thing. I was thinking about that the other day that I kind of liked myself more when I was a little bit more combative and, you know, cause I was combative and I'm not anymore. I'd rather just not deal with it. That's not, you know, well, it depends on what we're being combative about, I guess. Um, well, it's like the argument I got in with another family member on Facebook. I yeah. could have done that for days and just found a thousand ways to tell him to go fuck himself without actually saying it. And I've done that. Like, you know, on Facebook argument, you know me, I don't come unprepared. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to get bo- both fucking barrels. Not to say I've never been defeated, but the defeats are, are rare, you know, especially like, you know, things that I can look up data on and all kinds of stuff and just post it. There you go. There it is. You know, <laughs> now, now you just, Choose not to, uh, not to. Um, it's too get much to the exchange. Yes, it's too much energy. It is, and uh, it's too much energy, and I feel bad about it afterwards. And I don't think I should. It, it just depends on if he was trying to make you feel bad, he or she. I guess. He was. He was. I don't know. I give. I'd, I'd bring a Sherman tank and fuck him up. I don't give a fuck. Well. <laughs> Again, the funniest one ever is that fucking, <laughs> that one with you and all those people, and you kept correcting the guy's spelling with an asterisk underneath it, and oh, God. I don't, I don't do that so much it anymore. It was fucking correcting people's beautiful. <laughs> I don't really mess with the correcting people's spelling anymore, but... uh Or at all. I don't really get into these things anymore, because people just kind of stay away from my... my uh, Posts and yeah. just to be funny, mm-hmm. but um, I, it used to be I, I would I would get into it just because it was fun. Even I would even argue things I didn't necessarily believe. All right, uh, yeah, or care that. about yeah, just for shits and giggles. Well, for me, it's <laughs> devil's like, advocate. Oh, so yeah, I don't know. There's there's different ways of having these discussions, and everyone experiences them differently. For some people, it immediately arouses anxiety in them, and they're just like buzzing on this anxiety thing, like you hey, get, get this person back or whatever, mm-hmm. and um. It's it's different for me. That does that. I rarely have that feeling. For me, it's just like I like having debates. I I want more intelligent people to contradict what I'm saying because it helps me think mm-hmm. and it helps them think. And I enjoy that process. I want to debate with people who are all. I don't waste my time with idiots right, yeah. so much. Sometimes I do for fun. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's sometimes. not something that I'm emotionally <laughs> tethered to. It doesn't it doesn't arouse anxiety in me like it did when I first got on social media and I didn't know how to deal with. You know what I mean? Now I just I just like please like someone please make an argument and make an actual argument that's not a fallacy and and you know and state your case. I would love to hear a, a, an opposing opinion about this thing that I'm sharing because that's what makes it interesting to me. It's not a, you know uh MMA and UFC it's not interesting because the guys are like, "Oh well, Oh, he's going to punch me in the face. Yeah. What am I going to do about that? I'm going to. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, only going to punch him because he punched me. Right. Or, or you know, no. It, you you know, it's you know, you're supposed to have these engagements. At least the, the way my brain works, it's like you know, have, especially going through philosophy school, and mm-hmm. and that's what it is. That's what people are like. Oh, philosophy, and they think it's like some kind of um esoteric. Yeah, it's like lofty, like like spiritual kind of. You know, no, it's just arguing. That's all it is. It's just arguing. Yeah. Not, it's not a bunch of guys standing around going like this, and then making a point, and everybody else. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's using debate and language as a tool to 
understand things or to try to understand things. And that to me is fun. Well, it's like <laughs> like people people are always uh have this opinion this uh if you just you know read my comments and stuff when in these engagements, people think that I'm an angry person or something like that. I'm just like or selfish or yeah. There's 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 absolutely no anger in what I'm saying here from my print end of the perspective. These are just literally words that I'm using. But that, they get angry at them, you know. They, they, they for some reason they 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 feel they feel because of what they're feeling. They're projecting onto me mm-hmm. anger, and it's like no, this is not anger. This is an idea that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Anger ain't got nothing to do with it. Right. If anger has anything to do with it, my arguments wouldn't be as good. Well, that's the thing. I <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I did some epic takedowns of people, like on on yeah, Facebook. Some pretty good ones. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh shit! One of my favorites was somebody had got on there and said, "You know, you see all the people on the left saying bad things about each other and getting personal. They don't see that on the right." And I <laughs> just kept posting shit. Never. Never, <laughs> never, never. I did like six times. Like you post like screenshots. Of- yes. And then I just posted a picture of, of John McCain and Trump. He said, yeah, it never happens. And um, they're just. <laughs> I try not to beat up on somebody who's not prepared. Like <laughs> I commented on something I wish I hadn't. One time the whole argument. Uh, if there's chimps. If oh, humans yeah. and and I said, well, you know, I I, I just did a uh, that's not how the grass Tyson works. thing. I went like this. Um, I said it doesn't work. That I said evolution is a bomb. It's going in all directions, you know, and it's 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 a massive force. And I and I said, described it. You have to have uh, a small area, a limited population that's going to respond to adversity. That's the way basically evolution happens. And he said. Something about the Bible And I, instead of just Saying yeah Fairy tale I said well That's good, perfectly good too And I'll let it go You know Because I like the guy You know And I didn't yeah, there's no, I, I'm done with um, Screaming Like Religion shaming Yeah Unless they're being violent And then Our religion shame Or if they're raping kids <laughs> Yeah Shit Which I guess is violent That's that's something to take umbrage about The fact the Catholic Church Is just For one thing you know, okay, here's the, here's the, the biggest thing I have against the Catholic Church. is the fact that it's a complete fucking construct. It has nothing to do with the, with the religion it's based on. Nothing other than the fact that they... <laughs> they uh, other than the fact that they worship the deities, right? But, and here's the truth if you look behind it, the structure of the Catholic Church is the Roman fucking Empire. All they did, I mean, down to a T, every office. It didn't even change the names of some of the offices. So, you know, the the the, the Pope is the emperor. Then you have, you know, like the cardinals who are senators. Then you have, you know what I mean? You even have, uh, it's just the way it goes. And people can't see that. And the whole thing about celibacy and all that shit, Christianity, yes, and Christianity is descended from Judaism. You cannot be a rabbi unless you're married and have children. Why? Because you get wisdom from that. You don't fucking sequester yourself yeah. and, and not have sex. That's completely unnatural. I'm, I'm not um, Catholic or anything, but every movie I've seen about like a couple getting married and they're Catholics, they always go into the uh, the the priest for counseling. Yes. What does this motherfucker know about this? 
Because you've read some 2,000-year-old book about the subject that doesn't have any bearing on anything? I, I, I don't understand like why you would go to a priest for any kind of relationship counseling when... I guess the idea is maybe that because he's celibate, he's uh, going to be more objective about it. He's not letting... Right, he doesn't have a dog in his life. He doesn't let sex or yeah, whatever it maybe. is play into it. You can make that case, but mm-hmm. it's still pretty stupid. It's pretty... Uh, it's it's thin. It's still amazingly, <laughs> still amazingly dumb way to to organize a, <laughs> yeah, a culture. It's uh, super stupid. I, I mean... You have the Catholic Church, and then you have the Eastern Orthodox, which is just the Catholic Church. You have, uh, you know, there's so many foolish ways with all these religions. Um, I understand Buddhism with because you're just trying to improve yourself. You're just trying to find yourself, and sex can be a distraction. Is a distraction, <laughs> and um, because, like I've said, when I every time I when I whenever I would get hurt, you know buy a girl or whatever I always sequester myself I'm like okay here's what I need what's bare bones I got a TV to watch new stuff I've got books I've got weights let's do it I don't have you know and even almost without fail every time it would it would happen off of Facebook immediately you know that yeah like I'm gone doom and you could probably tell Chuck's off Facebook well he's been hurt you know <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's he's regrouping Sometimes so, you just get sick of it. Like, I hardly read anybody's shit on Facebook anymore. I read yours, and by God, buddy, I gotta be honest, you are fucking killing it lately. <laughs> that fucking <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> Fuck, did you make that up? Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. I just found the picture, and then... The- <laughs> I wanted to add a, add one up, but I was at work, so I was afraid that oh, you were Facebooking at work, and they'd see it. And it's just like... Uh, <laughs> then it shows him washing his hands in the uh, in the fucking water fountain. He's like washing his food. Hey, I'm trying to I tried to figure out something for him to say where he could go. Oh, we have fun here just because I like saying that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking raccoon's adorable though. Um, yeah, I, that's I just, a small one. Yeah, he's I just make, big I make fucking make jokes. I don't really put any opinions a whole lot out there most of the time. Let's do all that for this. I usually do them like on movies. Like I put up Jaws. I was watching Jaws. And I said, you know, that mayor and that town council probably had a hard time getting reelected. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. <laughs> well, you would you would think that that would be how it would work, but usually in real life, it's the opposite. It's like nine well, yeah. like nine eleven happened, so we have to. Oh re-elect. yeah, we can't change. We're in the middle change of a streams. war. Yeah. <laughs> but then there was a. I was watching Transformers the movie the other day, and I and I put, like the original. Yes, cartoon, I the said, anime. Jesus Christ, how are you not all scarred from this? <laughs> Rest in power, Optimus Prime. Oh, Jesus Christ, it, dude, have you watched that? You got to touch. It's fucking traumatic as shit. <laughs> that fight between him and Megatron, just beating the dog shit out of each other. Yeah, I like the close up picture of Megatron right before it happens. He's like, it's over, Prime. And he's all beat up, and like the the anime on that is outstanding. Like, especially for what 1986. Yeah, I think that's about when it also came out. amazing about that is you've watched the uh, the toys that made us. Yeah, the episode about mm-hmm. that. I mean, we knew this, but they had the idea for the toys first. Yeah, and they had the idea for the toys with a lot of things before they even come up with the cartoons and shit. I found that to be amazing. And just the whole story behind it. And well, that's a great little doc series. If you want yeah, to get I, that, I like that. The toys that made us. It talks about all the toys from He Man, Transformers, oh, yeah, I'd love GI the, Joe. I love that shit. Yeah. The uh, the the first episode is Star Wars, okay. and how Kenner just 
<laughs> Whoever who, who had the option first to do it, Hasbro, Hasbro, and they wouldn't, they didn't do it. They passed. And also, George Lucas worked into his contract that he would only get paid like forty thousand dollars to direct Star Wars, but he got all the merchandising. This story is about love and loss, <laughs> fathers and sons, and the foresight to retain. <laughs> Retain intellectual property rights. Yeah, he got all the <laughs> merchandising rights, and probably does to this day. He oh, probably sold them. He probably sold them to. I Disney probably sold them to Disney for yeah. four billion. I think Disney has it now. What a fucking smart move, man! But then he just couldn't keep his mouth shut about the movies. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a what are you dick do? move. I would have put a different. Per- I don't know what his ideas are. I would have put an Ewok in there with Darth Maul. I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a big fan of him. Um, me either. I mean, he's, just, he's an idea man. He's not a nuts and bolts fellow. He just he just kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if he hadn't lucked out, if he hadn't lucked out with the first Star Wars with that cast that just magically fell in his oh goddamn my god, life, that could deliver those flopped. that could deliver those shit lines with absolute sincerity. <laughs> it would have fucking flopped. That is terrible. It was dude. a dog shit movie. That was a dog shit movie well, the, with amazing actors that made it into a. Well, fucking, fucking Harrison Ford said it best. He's like, you know, he's like. You can you can write this shit, but you can't pay pay people to say it. And he's just, <laughs> he was openly critical of the whole deal, you know. And now it's I don't know why people are so mad about these new movies. I think did you good. like the Last Jedi? Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, what, I enjoyed it. What's not to like? It was fun. Uh, a friend of mine, she it's it's her second favorite Star Wars movie now. I can see that behind Empire Strikes Back, which of course is the greatest Star Wars movie. Yeah, probably, dude. That I mean, movie's fucking good. I haven't watched it in a little while, um, but um, I, just, I don't understand why they why they don't like them. It's the same thing. It has it has the same tropes of every Star Wars movie because it's not solving anything. Like, there's no big reveals. I there's guess, no. My favorite thing about the Star Wars universe is as soon as people meet, they're automatically best friends. Yeah, no matter what happens. <laughs> like, well, I guess we're together forever now. Nice Let's to meet you, Finn. <laughs> nice to meet you. Got to be like a like a thirties. It's the same way in all of them, man. And how? <laughs> Let's get out of here. That's uh, what I like about it. Like it's it's like two little kids. Whenever like you go to the park, if you had a park where you live, we didn't. But like you're automatically friends because you're a boy. I'm a boy. You like trucks. I like trucks. There's dirt over there. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the fertile ground of the Star Wars universe. Like the the original movies are good. Like there are okay. Let's just be honest. Episode. The first one, Star Wars 77 New Hope, is not good. But it's a good story. It's a good story, but it's not a good movie. Empire Strikes Back is fucking amazing. It is such a good movie. Irvin Kershner just took the reins and said, that's what we're doing. Uh, Return of the Jedi, not really that good either. It has moments. Yeah, it had a lot of... It was enough to keep you interested it for was. 20 years. Until yeah, <laughs> and, and the, I, again, Harrison Ford said, he said, I don't think that ending was very good there with the teddy bear picnic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he actually said that. Um, and then, you know, episode one, Phantom Menace, dog shit, it's terrible, has two good scenes. Uh, episode two is unwatchable. E- episode two is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, like e- across any, you know. And you've seen Troll 2. F. I love it. Phantasm 2. I bought it. I, <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, episode 3 is two separate movies. The beginning is dog shit. By the end, it's actually pretty good. 
um, except with the birth of Darth Vader. And no, it's so funny, stupid. And uh, the newest one, or Force Awakens, great fucking movie. Um, and The Last Jedi, also very good. Did you ever take time and rewatch uh, Rogue One? I, di- I didn't. It's pretty stellar, actually. In the theater, I didn't. Di- I liked it, but I didn't love it. And then I won't rewatch. I've rewatched it two or three times now, and it's pretty fucking good. You just got to get into it. Just think of it as a war movie, right? Because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, I'll I'll give it another shot. I just and the solo. The theater I saw solo in everything was too dark. I think they had the. I had such hopes for that. The things adjusted. The movie was good, but it's kind of weird because it's other people playing the characters that you already know. So it's almost like kids are cosplaying. And it's not like they're doing a bad job, but it just seems weird, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah I guess. But I was like, okay. The opportunity for fans to create fiction inside the Star Wars universe is massive. Like, I wrote the fight between Darth Maul and Darth Vader, which I'm getting ready to rewrite very soon. And, writing is rewriting, so you know. Um, well, every writer I've ever heard says that. What's that? Whenever they talk, like on podcasts or interviews, writing is rewriting. So, oh, yeah, that's absolutely correct. But then I wrote, I, I was writing a scene where I, I was so disappointed by episode one that I was writing a scene where Yoda was aware of what was going on the whole time, and he walks down to this giant arboretum that's inside of just a building. And then there's this, he look over and there's this thing in the ground and you realize it's a fucking lightsaber. It's, it's as big as a tree. It's got a button on it and everything. And then this giant creature comes walking out and he's older than Yoda. And Yoda's going to him for advice. And the guy, the, the creature is tending like this giant tree and he turns around and he said, there's nothing you can do about this. This is the way things have to go down. That's the, that's the, that's the gist of it. And I like the fact that I'm able to do that because it is fertile ground. It is nothing set in stone. I, and that's a rewrite. That's not, you know, I didn't like the way the episode one went, so I was going to rewrite it. I like it. Yeah, so. I read, I read your, uh, your fight between Darth Maul and Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Pretty good. Wasn't, I thought Pretty it was good good stuff. Uh, uh, not bad. I thought. Was it between Darth Maul and Darth, Darth Vader? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, a. Uh, I like the fact that I can't describe sword fighting. Like there's there's a couple of different ways to describe sword fighting. Um, it's like when the one guy takes his dick. Out <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say that. He swung <laughs> to the left <laughs> yeah. with a backhand. <laughs> I did. Uh, well, you can do what Ari Salvatore does, and that's frankly annoying sometimes. Um, so I just described the emotions of how they were doing it and what they were doing. Like. Uh, Darth Vader was just big swings and, you know, just trying to force somebody to their knees because that's what he's got. And Darth Maul is just trying to keep him off of him. So he's just spinning and trying to stay out of the way. And, he's, and he says that, you know, I think my best line was that improvisation and uh, technique chased each other in this dizzying, dizzying display. That was a pretty good line. And, um, you know, it ended up pretty well. And um, I thought it was one of my better things. And again, just going back to there's so there's so many good books set in that universe. I mean, there's actually uh, the original uh, sequel to Star Wars was I can't it was uh, the I can't remember what it's called. You can still get it, and it's completely different. The book. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They're chasing this thing called the Emkron Crystal, and they find it, and it turns out the Vader is not 
is not their dad, and it, it's weird. Like it's completely different. It's a very, they, but they say it's a very good book. But then my favorite one was uh, the Heir to the Empire series, which was the continuation of After Return of the Jedi, and it was good, man. It was so good that I think. I'm even going to keep saying this. If they had done those instead of anything they've done, they would have been awesome. Great villain. Fucking, you know, just it, really, really good. So, but the thing about it is you would have had to recast because it's just after the events of Return of the Jedi. It's not 40, yeah. 20 or 30 years. Did you see um, Billy D. Williams is on board for the next Star Wars? I'm pumped. Good. It's fucking great. Yeah. I always liked Lando. He's a good character. Yeah. He's great. Donald Glover nails it. I'm sh- he nails everything. Donald that kid's Glover. awesome. <laughs> that guy is... He's, yeah. Whatever he wants to fucking do. His show, Atlanta's really good. Still haven't watched him. Um, I know it's great, though. His rap is good. If you're into rap, I don't really... Welcome to it's, America. It's Didn't he do that? One? This is America. This, I like that, actually. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of it. What I've heard I like, as far as rap goes, mm. his beats are usually pretty good. Yeah. Um, his stand-up comedy was decent. Like he did stand up and had a special and everything. It He's just crazy. one of these really, really talented guys. Uh, is he related to Danny Glover? Let's just say he is. Well, <laughs> let's say Danny Glover does have a son named uh, Reginald. <laughs> he was the lead singer of um, of in, in Living Color. Fuck yeah! Okay, Corey Glover. I think. I think you're right. Um, now we're talking about good things. I want to just go ahead and play the theme song. Real quick. Raindrops on roses. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're talking about things we like now. So. Like copper kettles and warm wool. Favorite things. Julie Andrews' box. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, Just blow the dust off of it and go to Tizan. I heard she liked to share it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. You got anything uh, to favoritize this week? Um, I'm thinking. Oh. Yes, uh, I want to start picking up this. Well, I started reading uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, yeah, you told me that. And <laughs> it is so fucking funny and brilliant. I mean, it's just so many, so much misdirection. Like, things don't turn out ever how you think they're going to turn out. A lot of the dialogue is brilliant, you know. Some, and he is a, he, like I was talking about Dan Simmons, he could see where technology was going and be pretty close to what they had. Touch screens, yeah, you know, all kinds of shit that they're on there. You know, you'd seem you would think that seems pretty basic, but it's not. You Star can see Trek like, did it in the sixties. That's fair too. Uh, you know, they had a lot of buttons though. They, yeah. Um, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation though, they did it for. They actually even had iP- iPads. Something that looks like at. an yeah. iPad. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that's where they got the idea for it. I would not doubt that at all. Because a lot of nerds work in tech. And Steve Jobs. Yeah, oh, massive nerd. nerd. Uh, other than the fact that he's a complete piece of dog shit. Was he um, a complete piece dude, of Dude, have you heard all the shit about he, this stuff he did to his little, his daughter? daughter? His daughter he got that hippie woman pregnant with. He... It, just read all the stuff. You know it's true. He did all that shit. He's, I know he, was, uh, he uh, didn't fight his cancer because he thought... Some like uh, some homeopathic thing would kill it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Didn't apparently. It's better than prayer. God, <laughs> you ever been around people like that? No. Well, yeah. What people, people who get on the phone and and say we we need all the people praying because this person's going through. Like that's not going to do anything. Maybe at least call a witch doctor. Yeah, do something. <laughs> they might have a piece of moldy bread in there or something to help you out. Um, no, I, have, I have a different, different. I'm not religious at all. I have different feelings about that, and also about 
holistic and homeopathic remedies, alternative treatments for cancer. It's sure definitely something that's important to me, but um, we could get into that. But that's not favorite things. It's more like Lee's favorite things. <laughs> well, I've gone too far with the kratom and with kava and all this stuff to think that there's herbs out there that don't have effect. I mean, well, it's not it's not necessarily herbs. It's just straight up just chemistry and science. Mm-hmm. It's just not being done with radioactive toxic uh, chemotherapy shit, mm. which yeah. causes cancer. Yeah, um, I forget what he, what treatment he was doing. Um, might have been something as weird as an alkaline diet. Yeah. I've done zero research. I just remember hearing about this, and now I'm just regurgitating it because that's how I was taught to do things. Well, I mean, it's it's um, it's definitely true that like uh, you know, keeping your body. It's been shown that it, people who keep their bodies alkaline have a far lower risk of cancer, mm-hmm. and you can actually you can't actually treat certain kinds of cancer that way. It's also true that um, certain kinds of cancer that you try to treat with the standard method of care, which is almost always chemotherapy and radiation, or both. Uh, that that doesn't always work well either. So, right. <laughs> you know, the, the problem is is that there's not uh, there's not been enough science that there's no money in it to come up with a a, a free treat free cancer you know, you know home, home methods for treating cancer. There's no money in that, and so mm-hmm. there's no science behind it. Not because not because it's bunk, but because we don't have we haven't been able to sufficiently study it. Mm-hmm. Because there's no profit margin there. Right. The, the, the cancer research comes from money that comes from people buying chemotherapy and shit. All right. Mm. And people donating. That's why That's why it seems like, oh, well, you're an idiot if you don't do that route. It's like, well, actually, it's not so clear cut. I, I would not. I, that's the one that they just haven't figured out. Like, I mean, honestly, like if I got cancer, depending on what it was, it, it varies a lot. There's some there are some tr- types of cancer you get, and um, chemotherapy actually you can get do a reasonably low toxic variety of chemotherapy that actually defeats it, and you've got a really good chance of not of it not um, coming back. Mm-hmm. Then there are other types that basically you're just you're just suffering. You're just paying. You're just paying the. You're paying the doctor to make you suffer because you're going to fucking die anyway. Mm. Um, or you're paying the doctor to to treat one type of cancer that's going to cause another type of cancer in a few years that, that they can then treat you the same way for. And if you survive that, they can then treat you this. It's, they're making money hand over fist with oh, these yeah. cancer drugs. So there's plenty of research for that stuff. because For the, something to keep you going. Because yeah. the money is there. There's no money in... Um, there's no money in, in convincing people that, you know, an extract from a pawpaw tree bark is going to treat your, uh, you know, it's going to treat your cancer Apricot seeds. For, a fra- was- for a fraction of the cost. Um, and it's going to be more effective and it's not going to cause you to get another kind of cancer later down the road like chemotherapy will. Right. So, then, you know, it's it's an issue I could, I mean, I could do a whole segment on that issue if I wanted to, but. Um, were you done with your favorite thing? <laughs> Steve Jobs, uh, you were talking about uh, Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's God. God. Um, yeah, that's uh, just the uh, yeah. That's the book is all. What I found out though that ties back into this is that when Tom Baker came on to Doctor Who, is he the uh, ascot, like the big uh, the big. The hat and the scarf. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Best Doctor Who. Um, the only one I ever watched, so he's my favorite. 
I've watched the other ones. He's got way more like his 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 personality and his humor and all that stuff. But while I do think that Tom Baker had a lot to do with that because Tom Baker is like that. It turns out that Douglas Adams had just started on Doctor Who then and was a writer and producer. So He's the guy that wrote yes, guy. yes. So a lot of that humor, I always thought it was a decidedly Douglas Adams type feeling to the show. And I was like, I was right. I was right the whole time because I was reading the the book and and he described how you know he came on the show and I, that that that's the best British comedy. That's brilliant and funny and you know insightful and. You know, sometimes just silly, like, you know, one of the biggest things is <laughs> he described something being described as a bunch of dingo's kidneys. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's as in, as in it doesn't mean anything. And um, Do dingoes not have kidneys? Yeah, but it's as in it's just. I know what they do. Bullshit. They eat babies. <laughs> Dingo ate your baby. My favorite thing this week is hiking. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was my favorite thing, but. I did it. Me, me and John. Where'd you guys go? We did Long Point. Long Point. I was uh, just getting into the gym, and I get a text from John. I'm going on a hike here in a little bit. I want to start going. We would have. I thought you were probably at work. It was right around, I think, ten thirty. Whenever you got a hold of me yesterday, ten thirty in the morning. Yes, I was still at work. I was at work till four. Yeah. So, in order to get you hiking with us, we might have to do an evening one. Sure, but. uh I was getting ready to lift. I went and did deadlifts and uh, a couple other things, and then I then I decided to go on a hike with John. And apparently, yesterday was the busiest hiking day ever. Yeah, because it, you said like usually I just let Bub run around, and there's there's like two, there's like two cars there, and I can just let Bub off the leash. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe bump into two or three other people, but. Because it was Labor Day weekend, nice day, yeah, it was yeah. just bad timing, but there was cars, the whole lot was full, and then there was cars parked along the road at the trailhead, yeah. so it was, it was a little bit Disney worldy. And I was, um, I did well, I think, I mean, I don't think I, my legs were a little bit wobbly there toward the end, because mm. I just got done deadlifting, right. it would probably still be like that anyway, Right. but uh we got close to the edge of one spot, and I was like, I'm only going to get like five feet away, because if I fall... That'll be it. And then John's going to have to explain to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you took my fat son hiking? <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> but I was, uh, were I was, there no sandwich places available? <laughs> I was absolutely covered in sweat almost the entire time. Well, it was hot, man. It's, it was it's hot. It's been really hot. But it felt, it felt amazing whenever you were in the shady part. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is shady part. And then you get to the end, and that's where all the, a lot of the people were. Like, they were just hanging out there, which I guess is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But there was, like, a group of Indian dudes just, like, taking pictures in front of it, like, posing for their new uh, profile pictures in front of the Gorge Bridge. That's awesome. People were taking selfies, which I, whatever. But I told John, I was like, you, 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 you spend 45 minutes hiking a mile and a half or however long it took to get to one of the most beautiful places God could have created. And all you're thinking about is. And then you're putting yourself in a picture of it. Mm-hmm. You're putting your own face in there. Nobody wants to see your face. There's plenty of other pictures of your fucking face. Right, right. Um, but my feet hurt today. That's the big. That's the big part. I'm not muscle sore, but my the joints in my feet are really kicking. Well, I was the last time I went hiking was not a good story. 
It started out. Killed a drifter. <laughs> To get, to get an erection. <laughs> Got some pretty dynamite pills <laughs> from my keyboard player, Leon. <laughs> leave me out of this. I will leave you in. <laughs> um, but me and Annie went hiking. And Annie is my daughter. Oh. And, um, I knew that. <laughs> and we went up there to, uh, <laughs> Not quite at Beckwith. You got to cross the bridge and then go up, and then you, then you're in Beckwith. Oh, Cotton Hill. Yes. Yeah. So we went there and we went. We walked and whew, it, it was hot that day. And she started having an asthma attack a little bit, and then she started having a panic attack. That was terrifying. It was the most terrifying Jesus. thing because she was on a very steep hill, and I was trying to grab her and pull her up. And and oh man, I was still to this day. I, I was. She finally settled down, and we were driving home, and I was bawling because I, I was just so scared, you know. And I didn't have anything like that. I had, I had a fat guy attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying though that uh, I, I like hiking, but my last experience wasn't good. <laughs> is what I, well, we'll change that. We'll get. We'll all take a nice, healthy dose of kratom. Yeah, we should. Yeah, and just go run through there, have Bub running around. I would actually like to start coming up. I have a couple of days off this week. If you wouldn't be averse, I want to come up and and split some wood. Yeah, I mean, I've got some to split. I can always, I can always have wood. Okay, to split. All you have to do is he'd just rather show me he'd where rather you stack the wood. Just so you know, everybody wants well, to split. Nobody wants to stack. Nobody wants to stack. <laughs> Who can blame? <laughs> it well, sucks. <laughs> at this point, I'll take whatever help I can get. It's whatever. But uh, also, it's just a fun, it's a good activity just to stand around and you know split some wood, take turns splitting wood, sure. or you can. Split wood in tandem or whatever. I've also got the actual wood splitter. Mm-hmm. It's also pretty fun. You can kind of like, you can try splitting by with them all by hand and then compare using the wood splitter and you yeah. feel the difference. Right. Um, so Which it, is more efficient time wise. We know fuel wise it's going to be by hand. I, I would imagine what kind of rhythm you can get up to if, if by hand. Um, it depends a lot on the on the wood you're splitting. If it's really easy to split wood, if it's all like really dry pine and poplar, I could probably split. I could split by hand as fast as the wood splitter, um, but you get into some real, some really naughty shit, some Popper, really hard wood. I mean, uh, like oak, oak, and look, yeah, stuff like that. And uh, the wood splitter, mahogany. Would, I wouldn't be able to keep up with it. Rich mahogany. And I'm also when I say keep up with it, it's like I'm working myself really hard and becoming exhausted to keep up with someone that's just standing there and running the machine. Right. But my wood splitters. A special one because it's most of them. It's just one direction. It just splits one way, and then you have to recoil it. It pulls back the the splitter pulls back, and then you put a log in there and you split. Mm-hmm. This one has a has a splitter on both sides, so you put a log on the left side, split this way, put the log on the next side without having to recoil, split the other way, so you can oh, sp- yeah. it splits both ways. It's it's literally three times as fast as a as a traditional. One unidirectional log splitter, hmm. um, and if you have two people running it, one person like one person running the the machine itself, and both use, and everyone using their hands to move the wood, and then you get you get way you can get really fast. I can't compete with two people on that wood splitter hmm. splitting by hand if my life depended on it. There's no way. Well, I was also thinking too. Uh, one of my days off is uh, payday. I'm going to get a hammer, and if you show me where that. Rock is. I'd like to start busting oh, it up too. I mean, you could. I, I mean, it doesn't really need to be busted up. It's something that I might use 
you know, just chunks of like cement and stuff I have, like mm-hmm. from an old foundation. You could bust it up if sure. you wanted to. I love doing that stuff. But um, no, you, you guys are welcome to come split some wood anytime. It's it's something that for me, I've been lazy about it because I had a big a big stockpile of firewood. But it's something for me that's like therapeutic. Just the the whole thing, everything with the chainsaw to the moving the wood to splitting it. It's this um. It's like it's like my going to the gym almost. It's like sure. it's like I run the, if I if if I don't run the chainsaw at least once a week or once every couple of weeks I start getting it's like I start getting depressed. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of. <laughs> and I haven't been running it very much. I mean, I'm not just saying I'm depressed, but it's something I'm always up to do, especially if other people are involved, because it's it's a good skill to learn. It's something I'm good at, and it's it's a, it's a totally noble thing to do. I'm, I'm so big, huge fan of of. Using using wood as energy. If you live in West Virginia, you're I mean just a huge fan of it. Yeah, it makes so much sense. There's more there's more dead trees out there that that we could be heating our homes and cooking our food with that you would never even need. I thought maybe yeah. I could install a wood stove in my house, but I don't think I could do it. Probably you absolutely could. It's probably prohibitively expensive. Not really. No. You just got to put a. You got to put a. To do it right, you'd have to put a hole in your roof and put a boot on, and that could be a little bit costly. Mm. And then the the sto- the flue and the stovepipe and stuff like that. You, you could probably get all that done for maybe five hundred, and then you have to buy a stove. But the amount you'd save over time, mm. it pay for itself if you if you, have you to get a truck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have one of those. Not necessarily, but you could get like a little. Just get a hitch for your car and get a little trailer. We would that way. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of ways you could do it. You could actually burn your bamboo too. I was gonna already say that. Have you ever heard that being burned? Sounds like fucking gunshots going off. <laughs> well, you got to dry it real good. No, it's gonna do that regardless. Like well, it's. It will it? Yeah. If it's, if it's fully It'll dry. Get, yeah, because it's those the the segments are full of air. So when you release it, I mean, it really does sound like guns going off. Like uh, if I've, I was watching. Um, Ran, which is a Akira Kurosawa film, and they were burning, you know, houses in Japan. It's a video of burning bamboo. Yeah. So right oh, I was like, and a stupid kid. Up already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot less interesting than I was hoping for. Yeah. Well, but anyway, they were burning down these houses, and it was really loud, like, you know, a bunch of pop. And it's, I thought it was gunshots, but it wasn't. Here's another one. Maybe it's better. There it is. You'd have to segment it up and really get in there and twig it up to... Mm-hmm. For not to be so okay, Mexican. Oh, Jesus. Um, you got any favorite things, John? Uh, not really. That's what I like to hear. I'm really thinking of anything. Oh, I'm uh, going to be on a radio show Sunday on 88.1 W something or other with my best friend, Andrew Atkins. And I have to make a playlist of songs. And I want you guys to help me with that maybe a little bit. Okay. And uh, so what are you going to be on? Sunday, from Sunday. four to six. I'm going to have to try my best not to cuss. There. Being on this show. I know. 
I'm going to have to try my best to be charming. Don't don't mention uh, Chapter 4 of Mein Kampf. Well, I mean, the whole thing is just, it's a real page turner. <laughs> 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 Tour de force. It really is. It really, really is. I'm trying to think of something. Oh, we didn't talk about it, but I showed John um, Gentleman Broncos there a couple weeks ago. What would you think? Oh, I liked it. It's fucking great, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Fucking oh, weird. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Sam Rockwell. Um, Look, a friendship stone. <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. It's on HBO now. You should watch it. Uh, there's one sh- uh, shot in it where it follows Sam Rockwell from the police station across the street, up some stairs into this guy's office where he beats him up for a couple seconds and he throws him out of out of the window and it never cuts. That sounds awesome. I love that. It was a great shot, long shot. I mean, it was probably only a minute and a half, mm-hmm. but it was fucking great. Well, it's like that shot on um, The Wrestler. Yeah. What's falling around at the market. Yeah. That was... Aronofsky's a great director. Yeah. Depressing as all hell. God, that movie is depressing. That one and Black Swan. Black Swan's fucking strange. I haven't seen that one in a long time. It's good. So it's hard for me to it's remember. weird. But I know it had... Uh, Mila Kunis and Natalie Mila Portman. Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. which I'm all in for both of them. They can both get it anytime they want. All they got to do is holler. <laughs> Just holler at me. Just let me know. You know? They are good looking. Oh, yeah. Chicka chicka. Bow, bow. Chicka chicka. Fuck. Well, there was something else. Oh, new favorite thing. I forgot to mention this. Wait a minute. Bob, don't do the nose thing. <laughs> He's a weasel. God damn it. He's a weasel dog. Uh, me and John came across this the other night. And I just figured I played on here. Make sure I find the right one. This should be it, I think. No, it's not. I don't think so. Wait a minute. No. God damn it. There was... There was this, it was cut out of the Beatles Let It Be documentary, and the Beatles are playing a song, and Yoko is just sitting there. Oh, God. And she's horrible. Screeching for no reason. She's so... I didn't understand how bad it was until I saw this. I mean, I knew people blamed her for breaking up the band, but you watch this, like, how could you possibly stay in a band with this son of a bitch that brings his girlfriend along? (laughs) Yeah, no shit. That's what I was thinking. What a piece of shit. There's a, there was a, a, I don't know if you can call it an independent movie called Two of Us, where uh, sounds familiar. Paul and because John and Paul didn't speak for like uh, quite a while, you know, before his death, you know. Yeah, but they apparently there was a story that Paul came and visited him. Uh, is this one? Is was this the VH1 yes. movie that had uh, the Aiden Quinn and the, yeah, Aiden Quinn was Paul and the other guy. 
I don't know who played John. You know who you know who he is though if you saw him. That's Yoko screaming. This is Yoko screaming. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine being in a band and we're like the best band ever. And here comes your, you know, arguably no, not the biggest star. Fucking uh, Paul is the biggest star, but man, that's real fucking debatable. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's extremely yeah. debatable. But I'm saying, you know, and then he shows up and he's and he's like, all right, dude, she's gonna sit in on this. And we're like, what? No, dude, we were in a shitty band in. I think we were in our early to mid twenties, and I didn't like it when the other guys, the other guys in the band's girlfriends or wives, would come to practice unless they were going to, unless they were in the fucking band. I didn't want anybody there. You know? uh, yeah, I, I get that. And we ain't the Beatles, man. Sure, yeah. you were. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's always weird when that happens. There's this on on TV with Chuck fucking Berry. Yoko's over there doing whatever the fuck it is she's doing. <laughs> I like how you put John and Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> John Lennon's like you've heard the Bill Burr rant about this, have you? No, he did a whole rant about this. Where he's like, it's like Chuck Berry was like John Lennon's insp- inspiration for getting into rock and roll, and there's this like amazing moment where these two rock icons get together and share the stage, and it's like this amazing moment in history. And then Yoko's back there banging a bong, <laughs> banging a bongo. <laughs> Every now and then picks up the mic and just screams into it like right in like really important when they're singing harmonies and stuff. It's just awful. Is that coming up? Yeah. Uncalled for even. Just like it's almost like she's trying to fuck up the song. And then she goes back to beating her little hand. Yeah, got my piece in there. Really nailed that. And she does it again and again too. Let me take this screech for a walk. <laughs> It's going to scream over top of Chuck Berry real yeah. quick. Chuck Berry would have pissed on her face. <laughs> oh, he makes some faces. He's like, what the fuck? I'm just I'm like, I'm just so mad about this. Like, come on, John. It's probably better that they ended up breaking up because it might have ended up sucking. Oh, yeah, it would have. Just... just she does it again one more time, I believe. And I think that's when you see Chuck Berry go. Does he really react to it? Yeah, he does. There she is. Oh, God damn. They're having a great time. Yeah, they are. You hear Jesus. God damn it, fucking horrid. <laughs> Just the fucking worst. Just the absolute unadulterated worst. I like when uh on the Simpsons where they were the B sharps when they were like yeah. the Beatles. Barney came with that girl that was Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to drink? <laughs> I was like, what do you want to drink, lady? I'll have a, a apple floating in a hat <laughs> of perfume. And he, had, he puts it up there. There you go. <laughs> you guys didn't go around saying you were bigger than Jesus, did you? Of course. Yeah. It's the name of our second album. <laughs> yeah. I, actually had, I actually had that sort of same thing happen to me with Juno one time. One, one incarnation of Juno we had, and we were... Uh, 
operating as a three piece, you know, or four piece with you know Will and Bradley, myself, and then one other guy was he he had been playing drums, but then Brad came on to play drums, so he was recruited to do auxiliary stuff like extra keyboard parts and you know because he's a multi instrumentalist. So we'll just figure out you know you know what you want to do. And he just and it's like we already had a guitar player, uh, you know, and was your guitar player Will? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get a lot better than him. Yeah, and he yeah. shows up and he Sorry, sh- and he shows up one day for practice with his new girlfriend and a guitar amp, and just starts noodling over the shit. And like she's just there, and like, she's like a musician too. And so it's like it was just really it was really really awkward because it's like we were normally like playing like you have a part that you play and mm-hmm. maybe you deviate f- from it somewhat for fun and you do whatever you want to do, but there is an actual structure of the song. Right. There's certain parts that need to be there. And he just showed up with a, with a co- guitar and just started noodling. Who did this? this so he did some guy you don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, it wasn't Chris Stockwell, was it? No, it was a different Chris. <laughs> We're going to keep mentioning Chris Stockwell because I know he listens now. <laughs> but, so. but it was just like really, really weird. And yeah, I just got to the point where he didn't show up. He, did did that maybe once or twice, and then he stopped showing up for practices. I was like, I, yeah, I don't think this is working. I was like, yeah, I agree, because <laughs> he had the new the new Yoko was the Yoko was there, and he wasn't no longer seemed to understand the concept of what the band was at all. It was yeah. just very strange the way things women will change people like that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a hard thing to keep together anyway. Yeah, and well, yeah, especially when you get like people, you know different ideas about what it should be and they kind of make it work and I mean this is a band where I write all the fucking songs all you guys got to do is show up and play and have fun and Yeah, you were Gary Puckett, they were the fucking Union Gap. And it's like if you guys have any ideas or anything like, you know, I'm open to <laughs> ideas but Okay. <laughs> it, it's, it wasn't exactly like a, a situation even like the Beatles where you have multiple songwriters. It yeah, was you just like at least three geniuses and then and then you just just start, you know, it's like, but we had played together for like a year or something, you know, we played like, you know, successfully played the songs from the first album, like rethought them and I let everybody do whatever they wanted. Just, just, let's just remake this song. Don't play it like it was recorded. We're just going to play it different live. You do what you want. And then all of a sudden he just shows up and it's, a, it's as if, it's as if he'd never even played in the band before and his girlfriend's there the whole time. Like We're changing direction. Have you ever seen I'm Trying to Break Your Heart by, uh. It's the uh, documentary about Wilco. I may have watched some of it. I think you would like it because it is almost exactly that, except for it doesn't really involve a girlfriend. It's just like one of the guys in the band who was in the band from the fucking beginning doesn't like the direction or any of the things that they're doing. And he's like doing his own thing over the songs, sort of like what that guy was doing. And they just, uh, just fucking fire him. Yeah, this is really weird. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, and then it, it's sort of like this it's the whole thing with Spinal Tap too, where oh god, his girlfriend, where his girlfriend shows up, and, and it's like she starts off just kind of being there and kind of lurking, and then she becomes the manager. Next thing you know, she's got a tambourine and she's like on this stage, and then she's like she, then she's making band moves by by astrology. <laughs> Satin's right, and they're just and she's got costumes made. Yeah, for they, them and the signs of the zodiac. It was. That's just not genuinely. That's she, not a good a, a good method. She hated Nigel, so she dressed him up like a goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it, like I said, it's a hard thing to keep uh, four or five, three even people together. Even if one person is like the dictator type thing, 
And then you add another person to the mix who has no bearing on anything. They're just there being a fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, uh, it's not, it becomes like, I'd rather be alone. I'd rather just write yeah. my songs and nobody hear them. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to play in a band ever again. What if it was just me and you? I don't know. Would that be a band? I'll, I'll chuck on tambourine. Maybe you guys could teach me how to play an instrument. Tambourine. Bass. Maybe I could learn to play the bass. Mm. I don't. I couldn't play the bass. <laughs> 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 you probably could. I don't know. We got one thing working against you already. What? You're not black. That's true. I mean, if you were black, you would naturally be able to pick it up. I'm not saying white people can't play bass. What is this? Like token when he throws a bass at him? <laughs> damn God it. damn it. <laughs> yeah. Anybody got anything else they want to run their mouths about? No. Fucking great. You want to call this an ep? Yeah. Let's do it. It is a good one. You can help me with the, uh, the playlist if you want. Shut okay. it down. Shut it down. What song should we? What song should we go shout, shout on? Let's do David Bowie. Oh, you pretty things! Thanks for listening. It is episode one seventy four in the books. Remember to tell all your friends about this show and keep us in your prayers. God bless you, and good night. Wake up your sleepy head, put on some clothes, shake up your bed. Put another log on the fire for me, I make some breakfast and coffee. Look out my window, what do I see? Crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me. All the nightmares came today, it looks as though they're here to stay. What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you. I think about a world to come where the books were found by the golden ones. Written in vain, written in all by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today. It looks as though they're here. Faces in golden rays. Don't kid yourself, they belong to you. They're the start of the coming race. The others are bitch. We finished our news. Homo sapiens have outgrown their use. All the strangers came today, and it looks as though they're here.